Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Endeavor U, our new podcast dedicated to education topics. Again, I'm your host, Jason Breitkopf. Last week, we discussed tips for improving your college application essay with Dr. Juana Montanez. This week, I have college counselor Ariella Reidenberg as my guest to discuss the supplemental writing samples on college applications. Ariella, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Before we begin our conversation on supplemental writing samples, uh, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I recently graduated from Cornell University, and there I studied English and theater with a focus in creative writing. And I fell in love with education while I was there and started teaching, and then last year worked in New York City uh, at PS57 in Harlem. Uh, through a program called City Year, and I really fell in love with education there and thought, hey, what's something really fun I could do where I could counsel people and still work with students and use my creativity, and voila, that's how I ended up here. Uh, as I've just mentioned, we're discussing the supplemental writing samples on college applications. In order to help some of our listeners understand a little bit more about what that means, uh, what is a supplemental writing sample? So supplemental, the word means um, that it's in addition to the rest of your materials. You know, it's not the main focus like the college essay. But I find the supplemental essay to be really fun because in, I guess if you were to, let me, let me make a really weird metaphor here, but I guess if you were to kind of translate it to real life, the supplemental essays are the flirting of the college application process. So everything else you're saying, these are my things, this is what I like to do, these are my passions, these are my hobbies, this is what I've accomplished. But then the flirting part is what makes it really personal to each different college. So you can't use the same supplemental essay for, for every college that you apply to. You can for your common app, but when it comes to supplemental, that's where you're kind of talking to them directly. And remember, there's a person reading it. So someone's gonna be reading your supplemental essay. It doesn't just go through a computer. That's an interesting point you just brought up. Before we get to uh, your specific suggestions, tips, and recommendations, does every student encounter supplemental writing samples during their individual application process? Ooh, um, as far as I, like what I've had when I work with students is uh, all the students I have had either had required supplemental essays, which are usually along the lines of, um, you know, why do you want to attend this school? But sometimes those essays, supplemental essays are not required. And I have a lot of students who will finish their entire application on Common App, be ready to submit, see that there's a required writing supplement, and then they'll not submit. And it kind of scares them away um, because they realize they have to write an entirely new essay for each individual college. So a lot of people will submit to the ones that don't require supplemental essays first, and then they'll start writing those things. But it gets a lot of fun. I think, I th honestly, it's one of my favorite things to work on because I think it's a chance for you. This is one of the very few things that a student can control in their Common App. You know, your SAT scores, your ACT scores, those are set, right? And your transcript, by the time you're a senior, that's set. Your letters of recommendation, you don't really have control over those. Your extracurriculars, your resume, that's all set in stone in a way. But your writing parts, that's the part where you can edit it and change it five seconds before you submit it. That's the part that's always changing and the part that really gets kind of like the right brain on a piece of paper, which I love working with. One of the things you just mentioned really um, sparked something for me. You talked about fear, about mm -hmm. how these supplemental samples might scare students off. I've noticed that as well with students with whom I've worked. 
in the process of working, and you've, I know you've done this a lot in helping students, actually helping them fill out their applications and submit them, uh, do the students complete the supplemental writing samples in the Common App, or do they have to go to the individual school's websites? Or is it a, a mixed bag? It's a mixed bag, so it depends on each individual school. Some of them, again, if they're kind of like... Uh, optional a lot of kids will think oh it says optional but that means I actually really have to do it otherwise they're gonna look down on me let me just tell you right now if it says optional it means optional they wouldn't lie to you on this trust me they got plenty other things to do <laughs> but um, in terms of whether it's in the Common App if the school's application is in Common App then that's where you submit it however if you're submitting for something that's not on Common App you'd have to go through whatever way that school does for example if you're going if you're applying for a school overseas or if you're applying to a school that might not have um, as much recognition and might not be available on Common App. Um, but there's also, sometimes you can provide supplemental things that aren't in essay form. For example, if you're applying to go to art school, they might ask you for a per portfolio instead. That is an interesting point. I'm going to write that down just for a second uh, because another question came to me while you were speaking. Um, you mentioned optional and how your advice is that optional um, really is optional. A lot of students have come to me and asked, even though it won't necessarily hurt me not to submit an optional writing sample or portfolio or what have you, will that help me out? What are your thoughts on that? I think, um, it, I think it'll help if you get the proper counseling. So if you're a student who you write like a how do I put this nicely? If, like when you work really hard on, on a paper or an essay and it comes out as a steaming pile of crap, then maybe you want to, you know, take the take the optional part here and not submit if you think the rest of your application is strong. But I always like submitting and doing this and working on this with students because it's just another chance to show off who you are because they're looking at numbers, right? They're looking at your GPA, they're looking at your scores, they're looking at um, the grades that you got. They're looking at all of this uh, stuff that's on a piece of paper. That doesn't jump out and speak to them. Your essays jump out and speak to them. So if you write an essay that has a lot of color and pizzazz to it, that's going to make you stand out in their minds. And then when they're going through, remember, college counselors, um, I'm sorry, uh, admissions officers are going through hundreds of applications a day, like nine to five. They get in and they're just reading through applications. They probably don't spend more than, I know the big universities don't spend more than like two minutes on each application hmm. uh, for the first round. Then once it goes down to the next couple of rounds, they get more and more in depth. So this is another chance for you to stand out from the rest of the 200 applications that that one person is looking at in that hour, you know? So one of the things that you mentioned a little while ago was about auditions and or portfolios. Yeah. Now, some programs, some topics of study, it's obvious that an audition will be part of the process, like if you're a musician or you're applying to acting school. Yeah, you can't go to Juilliard without auditioning. <laughs> Well, I mean, you could go there see a show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Um, but you're right. You can't you can't attend there without it, without it. Uh, are there other types of subjects, areas of learning that an audition slash portfolio might be a part of the process that people might not expect? Yeah, I mean, first of all, when you're coming when you're talking about college applications in general, or even program applications. It's not a computer reading your work, it's a human being. So 
you can always contact admissions officers and get in touch with them and say, hey, I saw that I was waitlisted for this school. Can I send you some additional supplemental materials to help my application along? You know, the worst that's going to happen is they'll say no. But I've had, I've had a student actually who was waitlisted from MIT and she decided to, because MIT said, okay, we're going to waitlist you or defer you and uh, we're going to check back in with you once we get your second semester senior grades. And in the meantime, she's been in contact with an admissions officer there. And so she decided, because she really wants to study coding, that she was going to write supplemental essays and projects in HTML code and send that in. And, you know, my fingers are crossed for her, but I think that's super creative and awesome and very, like, it's definitely a way where if I were an admissions officer, right, and I'm checking my email and I see one of the prospective students has just emailed me saying, hey, here's some extra materials that I can add to my file. Like, I would remember that. And then when it comes down to decision time, when I'm in the room crunch, crunching all those applications, that would stick out to me. I know that. So another example might be, and again, this is not from a student I've had, just something that occurred to me while you were speaking. If I was waitlisted at a school and I was in the robotics team, I could submit a, a video portfolio of uh, a robot that Absolutely. I created. And that would be something that you would recommend Absolutely. for a student to do. Or if I'm, I mean, if you're, if you want to continue the work that you're doing if, in any field, robots, um, you know, environmental science, whatever you happen to be doing, if you send them your accomplishments as you go. So let's say you're trying to be a poet and you win like a poetry contest. You should definitely send along and be like, hey, I have a little update to my resume. I just won this poetry contest and or I just won this playwriting contest and my play is now being produced here. Like that's impressive. And remember, when you're applying to schools, you're kind of doing a business deal with them. You're saying, hey, if you give me an acceptance letter, I will take the materials you give me and I will make something of myself and I'll tell people, oh, I went to your school. And then that school kind of gets really excited about the fact that you went there and they get to advertise that. I know, for example, when I walk around Boston, I see these uh, banners right around Boston University with a picture of MLK and it says, we taught him for two years and he's been teaching us ever since, you know, because he went there. And it was this idea that, like, they're using Martin Luther King Jr. Um, not like they're using him, but <laughs> the idea is that he's part of the advertisement for them. They get to say, look at that. See, he went there. We can turn you into that. And it's a give and take where you're giving them a business proposal. So the more accomplishments you send their way, the more likely they're going to believe your, your offer, that you're going to make something of yourself. So just for myself, to summarize, the portfolio is not just for the art student, the music student, the theater student. The portfolio can be for scientists, writers, uh, people who create in all different fields. Absolutely. And not just creation, but people who accomplish. If you win awards, if, you're, if your accomplishments, let's say, have nothing to do with academics and they're entitled, like you're the captain of the equestrian team, right? And you just won like a medal. Let's say you're an athlete of some sort and you accomplish something or you win a contest or you win a prize or you get nationally recognized, definitely send that information along. So I want to cycle back to the uh, writing samples. We've been talking a lot about uh, portfolios and additional submissions that are a part of the supplemental process, but I want to cycle back to the, the, the writing samples. Sure, sure. Um, recently, uh, I read an article that you've written that's been posted uh, on supplemental essay tips. Uh, I want to go through a few of those tips and talk about that. Sure, sure. So the first tip that I've seen here, uh, it says flatter the college. What, what do you mean by that? Well, 
again, I'm gonna give the weird metaphor, but it's a lot like flirting, right? And you're gonna be flirting with this college. So everything else that you've sent along to the college, you've sent to every college, right? In the same way as when you go into a bar or something and you're hitting on someone, I don't know if this is relatable to our high school audience, but. Well, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> one would hope our high school <laughs> listeners are not spending a lot of time in bars. Oh, but But, you know, some of the parents uh, who are listening may have one time been in a bar. <laughs> just, once. just once. Just once. Just once. And that's why the kids are here. That's just kidding. Well. Now, <laughs> um, so if you're flirting, everybody flirts. It's Don't be ashamed about it. So if you're flirting, you present the entire package, right? You're not doing that for the specific person you're flirting with. That's just who you are. The same way your college essay, your GPA, your SATs, everything that's a part of your application is just you being who you are. That goes to everyone who's interested in you, every single college, every program that you're applying to. But the part that's specific to that college is what you say to them, is the pickup lines that you use, quote unquote. But you don't want to use a generic pickup line because they're going to be like, wow, that's that's BS. I, I heard that one before. And you're not going to get anywhere with them. So you want to really flatter them, but not in a way that's like, you know, don't be obvious and chauvinist and like an a-hole about it. Just, you know, flatter them in really sincere ways. So if I came up and I wanted to hit on someone and I decided to be like, oh, my gosh, I love your hair. Like, I love it so much. It's just like the best hair. They'd be like, okay. That's interesting. But if I went up and said, wow, I really love the way the highlights in your hair complement this part of you, and I actually would really love to get my hair done that way. Can you tell me where you got your hair done? And if you get into really specific, in-depth things that flatter that college or a person that you're hitting on, this is simultaneous relationship advice as well as college advice from a person who definitely went to college and is in a relationship, I promise. Anyway, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, we're getting really off topic. That's okay. This is a conversation. <laughs> it happens. So, um, so what was I saying again? Oh, yeah, flirting. Yes. <laughs> so you want to be really specific. I actually, um, I have my PowerPoint, you know, loaded and staring at me with a really condescending glare. If you don't mind if I can read a few things off Please of it. Please do. Sure. So the metaphor I came up with is, like, if you wanted to hit on Beyonce and Rihanna, right? Because you're not hitting on one person at the same time. As I do. As you do, right? As I do. Because they're both incredible, amazing women. They're uh, humans. Forget women. They're... They're uh, they are incredible, amazing humans. Yes. They're Absolutely. They're good examples of our species. Yes. So, um, they're, so if you want to apply to two very similar schools, or if you want to ask out two very similar people, like, you know, that shows that you've got a type, right? If you're applying to a bunch of um, schools that have, you know, robotics... Obviously, you want to study robotics in that sense of, like, you're not going to apply to, um, uh, like we said, Juilliard, right? If you wanted to go study engineering and robotics, you're not going to apply to Juilliard. So in the same way that if you wanted to ask out um, someone who has a lot of features, you probably have a type and you're not going to ask out someone who's the polar opposite. Maybe you are, but that's, let's just for the metaphor, stick with me. So you've got this type. You still shouldn't use the same speech, even if the two schools or people that you're asking out are similar. So, for example, Rihanna, Beyonce. Both are pop singers. Both of them have backgrounds in R&B and funk. Both of them have won Grammy Awards. Both of them uh, donate money to social justice causes. Both of them have won humanitarian awards. Both of them are absolutely stunning and fantastic and funny and just amazing contributors to society. All right. But let me, let me give you an example, right? If I want to ask them out and say, hey, like, 
Rihanna, I really like your music. And she'd be like, oh, well, thanks. And I said, yeah, I especially love your song, Love the Way You Lie, and how you brought the issues of domestic violence to mainstream media. That's specific to her. So if I said that to her, she'd be like, oh my God, thanks so much. I want to get coffee. And then you'd be like, yes, Rihanna. But if you said that to Beyonce, she, Oops. she'd be like, uh, that wasn't me, right? <laughs> mm. So in the same way, if you were to apply to Duke, then you're like, oh, I love the Gothic architecture and I absolutely love the the Whistling Shrimp uh, comedy group. And then Duke would be like, that's, that's not us. We don't have that. And immediately the person reading it is going to go, oh, this person didn't do their research. This is BS and throw it away. That's good to know. So, luckily, the fix to this is very easy because you can still use that same format. Like, even if they're similar, you can still use the same format and just tweak the specifics. So in the same way that we said to Rihanna, I love the song, Love the Way You Lie, and I love how you brought the issues of domestic violence to mainstream media. For Beyonce, you can flip it and say, I love the song Formation and how you brought the issues of police violence to mainstream media. And automatically, you're saying, like, I paid attention I redid my research, I've been following this, and I know exactly what you're about, and I just want to say I appreciate it. If you say that to a person, it's very flattering and it's nice. If you say it to a college, it's especially flattering and it's nice. And something I always advise my students is to throw in a professor. So to say, I've been following the research of XYZ professor, and to just throw that in there and say, hey, I'm actually paying attention to your school. It's not just like, oh, I wanted to apply here because I wanted to apply here. It's like, no, 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 I know what you guys are about, and I'm so for it, and I want to be in on that project. I want to contribute in the same way you guys are contributing. That makes a lot of sense, and it looks like you've already, uh, in that in those great examples, segued through your first into your second tip in that article you wrote, which was be specific, and I agree that if you're going to communicate with a college, taking this back from the metaphor back to uh, the topic, if you're going to communicate with a college, you want to make sure that you're talking about that school. I, I know I've worked with students uh, on the college application process, and when they get to these questions of, why do you want to go to our school? The generic, oh, I like education, I want to be smart, <laughs> I want to graduate and get a good job, is not going to do the job for that school. That Anybody can say that. That could be true of anywhere. I could go to a community college for a couple years and have a, an associate's degree, that's not going to help me as an admissions officer fall in love with you, the applicant, right. if, you can, if you're just talking about generics. You uh, have no idea how many times I've had a student come up to me with a supplemental essay and I've had, and they thought it was very specific and I had to go through with a red pen and write, this can be accomplished at any school. This could be accomplished at any high school. You know, like they'd have things where like, I just really love the idea of small classes and I love how uh, you get individual one-on-one -on -one attention at this school. And it's like, yeah, that's any small college. That sounds like the definition of college. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, unless they're going to college where, like, even at Cornell, like, a lot of people are like, oh, it's such a big school. And yes, it is a big school. My smallest class was, I took a Hindi class that had six people in it. Mm -hmm. There were six people. And then yeah. my largest class had, like, 2,000, you know, intro yeah. oceanography kind of thing. Right. So... Every college will have small classes, even if it's largely lecture-based. Right. So I don't know of, a, I don't know of a, especially a liberal arts college, that doesn't brag about yes, small class sizes. Of course. I don't think there is a one. And, oh, our teachers are very accessible, and we can do one-on-one -on -one office hours, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, because hopefully your well, it's not, the, it's not the point. It's not the I point. don't want to pay all this money if my teachers aren't even going to be there. Right. So, so th those sort of generics or universals or, as they say in the... Um, 
the NBA world table stakes mm. for colleges. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like specifics like there's this particular professor who teaches this or there's this particular program and by mm. name talk about it or last year I saw this musical on campus in your theater and mm. that inspired me. So specifics like, like you know, to, to misquote Weird Al, drop some names. <laughs> You know, drop some names. That's what I... Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree. So let's move on to uh, the third piece of advice you have in your article. Uh, it says, answer the prompt, but subtly. What does that mean? So if it's asking you, let's take the most generic uh, prompt that we get, which is, why this school? If you start your supplemental essay with, I want to go to blank school because automatically an admissions officer is going to throw that away. That is so, like, oh, it, I just, oh, like, as a writer, it just, like, it irks you. It chafes on the nerves, you know, to just have someone go, oh, what would you like to do? And they go, I would like to do blank, blank, blank. That's fine in conversation, but as an essay, immediately what you're telling me is I'm going to follow an XYZ format. I am a robot. I am not a real person. In which case, why are you writing a supplemental essay? If you're not going to make it stand out from the rest of the other applications, then what is the point? Why are you wasting everyone's time? So to answer the prompt, but however, a lot of, I've also had students who will go off on a really cool story and that will get the reader's attention and they'll be like, oh man, this is, pre this is pretty sweet. But then they won't actually answer the mm. prompt and they'll just kind of tell a story, which is cool and it's risky. So I always like to encourage my students who do that, who are, who are more right-brained, who do like to jump out of the box. When they, for example, if they, well, I had a student who wrote an essay that was like, uh, just talked about her time in Kenya and she just started with there was no clean drinking water you know this is this is something like oh why do you want to go to Harvard and it just starts off there's no clean drinking water and you're like okay I want to see how this answers the prompt so she has a paragraph about her experience in Kenya and then the second paragraph is like if I went to Harvard I would do this this and this and I would really like to use these resources specifically so I can go back to Kenya and work on the clean water project kind of thing. And she tied it in really, really nicely. So from my perspective then, the hook that mm -hmm. English teachers in high school are always talking about these days, the hook is important. You don't want to start off with the generic response, but you do want to tie it back to the question. You want to answer the question. There is a danger in not answering the question. Absolutely. And also, um, sometimes you'll have really creative supplemental essays. So I know for you, Chicago, when I applied there, uh, the one of the prompts was Plato, or Plato. Okay, that leads me into the next. <laughs> that leads me into the next piece of advice you have, which is cherish the weird prompts. Tell me a little yes. bit more about Plato versus Play-Doh. So I remember seeing that, and it was there wasn't even a question. There wasn't even a question mark. It literally just said Plato or Plato versus Plato. And you just and you just went go kind of thing. Well, I'm sorry for getting it backwards. It's, it's Play-Doh first. <laughs> oh yes. Okay, Play-Doh so versus sorry. play -Doh. Okay, yes. no, no, it's, it's important <laughs> to get that right. So, so, um, what is it about these weird prompts that gives students a chance to to stand out and shine? I think they're just so much more fun because you're so used to doing the whole I want to go here because of X, Y, and Z or here's a story and this is how I would use the school's resources or I followed this professor all of that is great and you should use it but when you have something that's like if you had a map right and on every map there's kind of this little gray area that says here there be monsters 
what is your area of the map? Or if you had to pick five words to describe yourself, what would you pick? And all these things that make you really stand out in a way, like lesson is more in those because they're going to be reading a lot of creative prompts because they gave a, sorry, they're going to be reading a lot of creative essays because they gave a creative prompt, which I think is way more fun for the admissions officers to read because they don't want to read, I would like to go here because X, Y, Z. They want to read like, oh man, this person just said, you know, what are three words you would use to describe yourself? And this person just wrote fire starter. I'd be like, okay, that actually is a pretty awesome descriptive word, you know? And it gives you a chance to, you would never, I mean, not you would never, but you would, it would be very unlikely that you would come up with language like that for a regular old supplemental right. prompt. Right, and the answer is very important. Yes. If it's an emotional fire starter, that's very different from a person who's going to burn the school down. Absolutely. I mean, we love pyros. We do. Mm. Everyone deserves an education. I had a friend named Pyro once. <laughs> you did not. I did. Yes. <laughs> like, he, was a, he was a juggler. Was he an X-Men? Oh, okay. No, he was a juggler. Oh, okay. Yes. And, 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 he, and he did whip tricks. <gasps> like poi? Uh, like the fire things that they no no like like Indiana Jones style whip tricks oh yeah. Yeah. cool 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 very yeah. cool yeah well see that would be a great topic for a supplemental essay right but I think he was already a grown up well so. well you know it starts well to... nominally a grown up <laughs> I mean if you're if you if your profession is a juggler and and whip tricker you're probably not emotionally a grown up yeah but he was technically a grown up. I, I heard someone say that we never really grow up we just get really good at hiding how childish we are uh, then I must be really bad at that all right. <laughs> So let's get back to the last uh, tip in your in your article, uh, which is uh, the very wise and, and, and good advice of proofread. Yeah, I put two exclamation points on that. Oh my. Because it's really important. Because again, as a writer, if I see something with a typo, or if I see, first of all, like I said, every prompt has to be school specific. If you are writing a prompt, for Harvard and you send it to Yale, Yale's gonna be pissed off. Like, you might wake up to your house like being TP'd or something. That's probably pretty tame for Yale. Oh, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, it's not gonna bode well for you. All right. That's an automatic rejection. Regardless, you could have everything else be perfect, but if you confuse them with another school, that's, and it could be one word, one little typo that changes your letter from acceptance to rejection. And that's a big deal. That's number one. And that because of supplementals, because we use these templates and we tweak them to each individual school, you have to really make sure that you're sending the right one to the right school because you could really screw yourself over. That's number one. Number two is that if I see typos, what you're telling me as a writer is that you didn't proofread. And if you didn't take the time to read your own essay, why should I take the time to read your essay? I got 200 different applications to look at in the next hour, right? Why, if you're not even going to look through these 150 words or whatever the supplemental you know, requirement is, if you're not even going to look it over, why should I? Mm. And so when you put a typo forward, what you're telling people is, my work is not worth looking at. I suspect that's not what people are trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But oh, that is what you, that's the message you're sending. Well, thank you so much, Ariella. Of course. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing advice, and I've had a lot of fun. Uh, for the folks at home, that was Ariella Reidenberg with advice on the supplemental writing samples in college applications. I am your host, Jason Breitkopf. This was the Endeavor U podcast, and this was our second episode. I'm glad you're back from the first one to the second one. And if, again, if you enjoyed this episode, Please remember to subscribe to receive each new weekly episode in your favorite podcast app. You can find EndeavorU on iTunes, in SoundCloud, 
and on our website. Please feel free to leave a comment and a rating, especially in iTunes. It's so important to get through uh, to everybody else. So you're going to be a part of helping us do that. Thank you for listening, and let's all keep learning. Thank <laughs> you.